sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Tuesday, February 15th. Doug, what do you know? Well, I know the weather... I thought it was supposed to be in the 80s today, and it wasn't. <laughs> I'm freezing right now. I'm in a short sleeve shirt. Of course, the people out in Colorado probably don't want to hear that, and the people up north. But anyway, uh, yeah, the weather's kind of squirrely. I don't know what's going on with that. I thought it was supposed to be great, but how are you doing? Doing well. You know, spent the day hanging out with uh, my daughter as I worked, so that was pretty cool. Well, that's good. Um, you know, the... Uh, Got some bad news uh, for some people. I don't know, uh, you know, who's included in this, but apparently thousands of baptisms are invalid after the priest used the wrong word. Did you hear about that? No. You didn't? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, apparently there was <laughs> um, some kind of, you know, I, I guess it was, I think it was infant baptisms, um, you know, um, the... Um, they use the wrong words apparently, and so now those those baptisms aren't good for people. So what did they say? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I just saw the headline and I thought, well, that's interesting that the priest, uh, the priest, you know, used the wrong words, and so apparently is this a it, Catholic it, priest? Yeah, or? yeah. So in Catholic, I don't know. Any, anything really about catholic baptism is it like you have to say things very specifically otherwise it doesn't count then is that kind of the the gist or yeah you know to be honest with you i'm not that familiar with all of the nuances of the catholic church but um i I, they do and they baptize as infants and uh you know people will tell you i was baptized as an infant um but uh, in this one, apparently, there's a order of worship and some specific words that you were supposed to use, and he didn't use them, hmm. which is, I just thought that was uh, interesting that that made the headlines. Uh, I mean, how would you like to be in that group, you know? Um, uh, well, I would imagine for the uh, parents, parents, it would be pretty concerning, right, like yeah. the, to say that because, you know, People who, because I know it's not just Catholic people, because there's some, you know, people who would consider the, like Presbyterians who do pedo baptism, uh, that holds significance for them, and so that would be probably pretty troubling uh, to have to go through whatever that ordeal entails, you know, as far as saying that the baptism was invalid. Yeah, <laughs> well, it didn't take. It's one thing to say it doesn't take by seeing the the uh the life of somebody who says like you know simon in uh, acts chapter 8 um but because baptism we we get baptized as a, an obedience to Christ's command um and to go make you know disciples and baptize them and 
So it, it isn't a necessity for salvation because otherwise a thief on the cross wouldn't have been saved because he didn't get baptized. But Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Um, but it is an act of obedience as a result of salvation, and so you should do it. And so, uh, but I just, I was just struck by the fact that um, they said, uh, you know, baptism's not valid. <laughs> I mean, like, I just think that's kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, and that, uh, like I said, that to me, I'd have to know know more because that seems a little strange. Uh, but like, well, I don't know. Well, uh, it you know apparently. Um, the Phoenix, uh, there was a guy named Andres Arango called, he was a priest out there who used incorrect working in all baptisms prior to June 17th, resulting in thousands of baptisms being invalidated. Um, uh, and they say that anybody who needs can schedule a new baptism. (laughs) Hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to have now, now I know what I'm going to do this evening, which is look <laughs> you're going to be looking up. All the, yeah, you know, I mean, well, here's the thing, you know, um, you know, this this didn't happen like uh, uh, yesterday. He had, he, you know, uh, the the diocese says all the baptisms he has performed until June 17th are invalid. Um, you know, uh, he. He, here's here's what he said, okay? It was determined he used the words, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, instead of, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Seriously? Issue, the issue with using we is that it is not the community that baptizes, it is Christ and him alone who presides at the sacraments. So it is Christ Jesus who actually baptized through the priest. So they invalidated all the baptisms. Um, Okay, well, okay. (laughs) And Uh, he resigned as the pastor of that parish effective February 1st. hmm. So that's interesting. And according to what they say, baptism is a requirement for salvation, which means that we have to do something which means that what Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough, which uh, means that um, <laughs> that uh, if you believe that, I mean, you don't, you don't get baptized. We've talked about this before. Baptism does nothing to add to God's favor of you. Jesus is the only thing that can make you favorable to God. Yeah, and, you know, it seems like, to me, it'd be like, okay, that seems like it's like counting the hairs on the gnat, you know, or so to speak. But when you go to, uh, you know, well, at first, I probably haven't thought too much about, you know, the words, because, you know, what you say, I guess, matters. But, like, wow, that, I don't know, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But then if you think about from a Catholic uh, standpoint, uh, you know, as far as theology and stuff, that your baptism, baptism, as you said, is something, as a condition for salvation, or so it would seem, then it does make a difference because then it's still in the way that they would be thinking of things that God is still doing the act through the priest. So if you say we, it would be uh, messing, I guess, with the Trinity. And, well, there's and, actually and a term be off. for what people believe is it's called baptismal regeneration. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, 
I certainly agree that baptism, we ought to be baptizing people because Christ commanded it. The apostles did it. The early church did it. And we should baptize people. You should be baptized. If you have not been baptized as a believer, follower of Jesus, you should be baptized. Um, But, you know, it is not, I believe, according to what Scripture teaches, it's not required for salvation. Um, You know, it it, it simply is a symbolism of uh, our identification with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. You know, when you go into the water, it's symbolizing death coming up out of the water, new life in Christ. I would say um, it's a symbol that's more. I, I've heard this from someone else that it's a symbol that's more than a symbol. You know what I mean? That yeah. it, it's not. No, yeah. it's not something that is um, you know required for salvation. But at the same time, it's not just a mere uh, you know play acting. It, there's something significant in it. Oh, that, it's very significant because it's a sacrament. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only two sacraments really that the church is required to do. Uh, today we believe that it is one the, the sacrament of baptism and then the lord's supper the communion mm-hmm. uh but if you require anything in addition to faith in yeah. christ then you're adding works to salvation to add anything to it is to say that his death on the cross wasn't sufficient and um it, that, that's just uh that's a gospel that perverts the gospel paul preached right and i, I guess I think the best way to look at it would maybe be that baptism is the the first fruits of your faith, right? Like if if uh, what we do is evident, and our faith is worked out, right? Like the evidence of our faith is how we act and how we obey God. Then the first fruits of that would be being baptized. It doesn't mean that it's uh, what's needed for salvation, but it's the the proof that God's uh, working in your life. Yeah, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Um, so I, you can't add to that anything, whether it's living a good life, mm-hmm. whether it's being baptized. Even the Lord's Supper is something we do in obedience to him. It is a fruit of salvation. It's not necessary for salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is again, I think that's different, different from Catholics. They, I think they impart into the Lord's supper, some form of, uh, uh, regeneration that's involved with that. Mm, Cause yeah. I think if you, if you, uh, you know, ban someone from the mass, that's, uh, you know, putting them outside the faith. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting when Paul says, uh, over in first Corinthians, I'm thankful I didn't baptize any of you. Why would he even make that statement? If it was a requirement, mm. because you would think you would be like, I, I, I would want to baptize you, but he didn't want, it's an act of obedience. That's what it means. Uh, when he says Christ didn't send me to baptize. I mean, if that was a part of salvation, mm. you know, then that would be part of Paul's ministry. But no, he says he called me to preach the gospel. How do people come to faith through the preaching of the word? And uh, so anyway, I just, again, I thought that was an interesting headline that all these baptisms are invalid. So uh, we didn't get to talk about the patriarchy thing. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, so make sure you tune in for that because we are on our way to talking about Acts chapter 13, verses 13. Oh, actually, we're talking about 26. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to be in 26 today. I'll have to get that right, and (laughs) I'll get back to you after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more in just a moment. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain That is Zach Williams with Chain Breaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 26 through 37 today. The, um, the week we're looking at verses 13 through 37, but uh, yesterday we already got into up and through verse 25 and be getting into the rest of the verses here uh, shortly. Yeah, and again, remember, as uh, for if, if you're just tuning in and uh, you're wondering what SWAT radio is, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, it started as a, a Bible study for a group of men here in Jacksonville and has since grown to five, Bible, six Bible studies, actually, and uh, six groups. And uh, we um, we do a Zoom call on uh, Thursday nights at 7 uh, for those who are outside the state who want to join. If you want to join that, you can send me an email at Doug at SWATradio.com. I'll be happy to add you to the invited list for that. And uh, we're going through the book of Acts which is the second of, of, of uh, two letters that were written to a guy named Theophilus by Luke. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote the Acts of the Apostles. And in the Acts of the Apostles, where we are now in chapter 13, he just continues the story of God's Spirit working through the Apostles, doing the same work Jesus was doing, which was coming to seek and save the lost. And, um, you know, as... We looked at different parts of this letter. Uh, you see, you see God just continuing to reiterate the same message over and over. Uh, he he he's giving it to the Jews. Why the Jews first? It, we know that Paul writes later in Romans. He writes that um, he says because the Jews had the scriptures, the Jews had the Torah, they had the prophets. They they were God's chosen people to be God's chosen priest. And and so they were going in there to the synagogues with this message. In Acts chapter 2, you see Peter preaching, giving an Old Testament survey. Acts 7, Stephen does it. And now in 13, Paul 
is giving this Old Testament survey, and that's what we looked at yesterday in verses um, 13 through 25, in the proclamation of God's sovereignty. And we see that in those first, you know, well, actually from 13 to 25, Paul, when he's preaching, he's just continually reiterating over and over, God gave, God did, God delivered, God removed, because it was all about God. It was under his leadership, his sovereignty over everything. And so what he's saying to these uh, people in the synagogue, and he's at Antioch of Pisidia there, it's really, this is kind of the, the, the first big recorded Gentile, I mean, it's, it's, a gen, it's a message in a Gentile city, but he goes into the synagogues first. And so he's giving this proclamation in that area first. Why? Because those people would have understood the prophecies, so he takes them through that. But then he goes in, instead of just proclaiming only God's sovereignty, after taking them on a journey from Abraham all the way through John the Baptist and then Jesus, now he's going to talk about the provision of God's salvation. What is what is his salvation? He uses a very specific term in verse 26. He says the message of this salvation. It's not just a salvation. It's not, I mean, like if you ask people, what does it mean to be saved? You'd get a lot of different answers. Go to churches, go outside, do men on the street interviews. If you ask them, you'd get a lot of different answers. But what what did God come to save us from? I mean, and the what did he send Jesus for? Did he come to save you from the government? Did he come to save you from, you know, in their case, Rome? You know, people think, well, God saved me from alcohol. Did God send Jesus to save you from alcohol? Uh, no, he did not. He didn't send him to save you from drugs. He didn't send him to save you from, uh, you know, addiction to whatever your addiction is. The provision of his salvation, the gospel message, the good news, Paul quotes in Romans 10 from Isaiah 52, and he says, this is the good news. The euangelion is the word that's used. It is our God reigns. And in this text today, what we're going to see is him bring out the fact that God's message of salvation is not saving us from Rome or our government or our sin. It's saving us from our leadership and ourselves. I mean, that's, that is the biggest sin of all. The reason we sin is because we are in control of our life. I mean, when when we're following God's leadership and trusting him, you're walking in the spirit then. That's what it means to walk in the spirit. And so I'm going to have you read the text, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this idea of the provision of his, in quote, salvation. What is his salvation? What is this salvation specifically he's talking about? So uh, go ahead and read verses 26 through 37, and we'll talk about it. All right. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. 
And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to, re- to return to the corruption he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your Holy One see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. May God bless the reading of his word. Um, This is the word of the Lord. You know, he starts off, Taylor, in verse 26, again with this phrase he, he used, when he first started his message back in 16, he said, men of Israel and those who fear God. Here he says, brothers, sons of the family of Abraham. Both both titles he's using for them is talking about their national heritage, brothers. But he also says, and those among you who fear God. These are proselytes. These are people who have converted to Judaism. And he's making a distinction, but he's linking them together. And he says, to us has been given this message, has been sent. The message has been sent of this salvation. And he says in verse 27, those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath. So what he's saying there is, they were they were hearing about his coming every Sunday. They heard every week, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't understand. Why didn't they understand? Well, they misunderstood salvation. They were looking for a political leader. Uh, they, their, their problem wasn't political. Their problem was a spiritual problem. It was sin. And our message isn't that God's going to deliver us from the Romans or, or from an addiction or whatever that is. He delivers us from us. I mean, think about that for a second. When you go back to the Garden of Eden, Eden in the garden, what was the great temptation of Satan? You can be like God. Do you think we struggle with that? Do you think we struggle with wanting to be the God of our own life? Listen, we all follow somebody. We either follow our own selves as leader or we follow somebody else's leader. Who are you following? I mean, if we're not following God, Lord God of Abraham, God of Isaac, Yahweh, then anything else is an idol that we're following. And it's not really worthy to be followed. And so he says, you know, Jesus said, follow me. And and he wants us to go back to that pre, um, pre-fall intimacy and dependence on God. Go back to the Garden of Eden. And what was life like for Adam and Eve prior to the fall? Well, 
They depended on God. They trusted God. They listened to God. Does that describe your life? Do, do you depend on him? When you wake up in the morning, do you think about what he wants you to do or do you think about what you're going to do? When you wake up in the morning, does it ever occur to you that he might have plans for you that day and you might want to consult with him? You might want to spend time with him? Do you even want to hear from him? Do you spend any time in his word? The problem with the Israelites was at this point, the Jewish people didn't recognize him because they were looking for a a military leader to overthrow Rome. And he came in there and he said, this is not my kingdom here. This is temporary. My kingdom's eternal. And it says that they didn't recognize him and they didn't understand the, the, what the prophet said. And they fulfilled their very words by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to execute him. Why? Well, because in Zechariah it said they're going to look upon the one in whom they pierced. God had, had put in his word what was going to happen. But notice, you know, it says they found in him no guilt worthy of death. He was innocent. He was an innocent man. He was perfect. And yet he died, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians fourteen or 15, he says he died according to the scriptures. So Jesus didn't die because Pilate was stronger than him. He didn't die because Ananias and Caiaphas had a stronger guard than he could handle. He died according to God's plan, according to the scriptures. And Paul says that this is of first importance in the gospel, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. But he also said, verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. And when we come back, we're going we're gonna to go into that, that God raising him from the dead, according to the scriptures, was part of the plan from the beginning as well. So uh, this is his salvation. And if you are following any other kind of salvation, you need to repent because he wants you to follow his salvation. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. I've stood on this stage night after night. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Even If by Mercy Me. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 13 through 39 uh, this week. Today we're focusing on verses 26 through 37. If you missed any of this program or you missed uh, yesterday's program where we started in 
uh, to this section of Scripture, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the Past Programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one, in just a couple hours or so. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Well, getting back, Taylor, to uh, you know, verse 30 and 31 of Acts 13, we were talking about his salvation, this salvation specifically that Paul is mentioning uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and that Luke records for us, that the people that lived in Jerusalem and the rulers there didn't recognize the salvation that Jesus was bringing because they were looking for a political deliverance. They weren't looking for personal deliverance. They weren't looking uh, to be delivered from leadership in their own life. And, um, you know, I think that we suffer from that a lot today. And there's there's been a controversy going on for years, actually, probably hundreds of years. But uh, the term has been used, lordship, salvation, um, you know, saying that, you know, you you have to add stuff to it. His lordship and his saviorhood are two sides of one coin. You cannot receive Jesus as savior and reject him as Lord. It's impossible under the power of the spirit to do that. You just can't do it. You don't see it in, affirmed anywhere in scripture. And there's um, something called, some people call it hyper grace. Some call it extreme free grace. Um <laughs> mm. uh, to say, well, you just come to Jesus and you can do anything. That's because they believe in Jesus into in an intellectual way where they assent to the facts of his death on the cross, but it has no personal application in their life. Do these people, would they go as far as like uh, Rasputin would have, which, you know, it's kind of some Eastern Orthodox people think like the more you sin, the more... Uh, God saves well, gives yeah. grace so that well, they will go and well, do things. Well, yeah, but they even take some of what Paul wrote, and Paul says, listen, no, you don't do that. You know, the, the whole idea there is you invalidate your witness if you uh, make a pattern of sin in your life. How, what kind of witness are you for the power of God over sin? He didn't die to save you just to go to heaven. He died to deliver you from the power of sin the power of death in our life, which is a powerful force, it's a powerful motivator, fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and he died to deliver you, most of all, from you, <laughs> the leadership of your own life. The whole thing is God wants us to be dependent. Our problem is we like to be autonomous and self-sufficient. We like to rule our own life. We like to feel like we've got everything in control. When in reality, we don't. We, we need to need him. And um, he says, you know, when he's talking about his death in verse 29, says they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. And again, I go back to 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul says this is the gospel. This is of first importance. One, that he died according to the scriptures. And then he was raised from the dead, according to the scriptures. And that's what it says. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days, he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And then in verse 32, and we bring you the good news. That word there is euangelion, 
which comes from uh, the same place. It's the same word used in Romans 10, which is quoted in um, basically quoting Isaiah 52. Uh, It's the good news that what? That God promised to the fathers, he says in his message today. What is that good news? That God reigns. Messiah's coming. He's reigning. And when he says it in verse 32, he goes into uh, how he fulfilled it. This he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus as it is written in the second psalm. You are my son. Today I've begotten you. See, in the east, back then when they would, uh, a king, an eastern king, would step down from leadership and his son would ascend to the throne when he was kind of basically handing over the reins. He would say, you are my son, and today I've begotten you. That was a phrase, an idiom that was used back then when that event happened. And so when Paul is quoting this, and he says in the second Psalm, he's equating it to the, you know, the resurrection. He's saying when he raised Jesus from the dead, he raised him to reign. He put him at that point to reign over all his subjects and Our job is to go be witnesses to the subjects that are out there. Philippians 2.9, you know, Paul says, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every, what? Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So this idea that you could trust Jesus and reject him as Lord is absolutely foreign to anybody in the first century who was a believer in Jesus. They, they would never have believed that. I don't know if you've ever, you hear many testimonies in your life where people get up and they go, well, you know, I trusted Jesus as my Savior when I was 10, but I didn't make him Lord till I was 42. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just crazy. You, you, <laughs> you, you might have prayed some kind of prayer when you were 10, but, oh, I know I was saved then. I knew the well, were you? When were you saved? We get so caught up in an event. The idea is that when you receive Christ, you give him 100% of your heart, all that you know at that time. Mm-hmm. You don't withhold anything from him. Remember what he told the thief at the cross? I mean, not the thief at the cross, but the rich young ruler. He, the guy goes, hey, what do I have to do to get into heaven? Well, you know, keep the commandments. Well, I've done all those, which was a lie. First of all, he hadn't done all those, but he said, I've done that. And he said, okay, go sell everything. And it says he, he went away sad. Why? Cause he had many possessions. He wasn't sad because he had many possessions. He was sad because he knew what he should have done, mm-hmm. but what he didn't do. Nobody walks away from Jesus, rejects him. And in their heart goes, yeah, that felt great. They walk away, and everybody knows deep down, but they don't want to give up leadership of their life. They don't want to give up control of their life. And they think somehow they have control if they don't give it to Jesus. The bottom line, does anybody have any control over their life? Well, no, and the the story you just talked about of the rich young ruler, like Jesus, he I, I think there's some sadness there because he was convicted because he knew that those possessions, they ruled him. You know what I mean? That that, that was lording in his life. In a place it was his lord. That, yeah. his, his money was his lord. It mm-hmm. was his idol. And so, 
you know, when when you look at what he's saying the good news is, this salvation, this is really key. He died to save us and deliver us from us. And, and the question is, what are we going to do? I mean, God had made covenant promises to David. And, you know, you read about that. Um, you know, when you talk about David, he said, as a fact, it, verse 34 is that for the fact he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He's talking about the corruption is his body basically disintegrating. His body, you know, corruption being mm-hmm. the body's going corrupt because he goes, I'll give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Because back, remember, he made a covenant with David uh, back in Second Samuel 7. He said, I'm going to make a house out of you, David, and you're, you're going to have somebody that's going to reign forever. And he says, in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. But he says, David wasn't the fulfillment of that. Because after David served the purposes of God in his generation, he fell asleep. He was laid with his fathers. And what? He saw corruption. What does that mean? Well, it means that David's body turned into dust. Mm -hmm. Jesus' body never turned into dust. Three days, what happened? He was resurrected. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Why? Because it was prophesied he wouldn't. He didn't. He he had this new uh, body that when he went, he said, it, it must have looked similar because he told uh, Thomas, hey, fill my hands, fill my side, you know. But the covenant promises of God to David were not fulfilled in David. They were fulfilled in Jesus. And, you know, back in Jeremiah, if you look back to prophet Jeremiah chapter 33 and, and verse 17, uh, Jeremiah prophesied and he said, for thus says the Lord, David will never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And you know what? When Jesus was resurrected and he, he proved he was Messiah and he's from that, that lineage, he's, always going to reign the government's always going to be on his shoulders he's always going to be the prince of peace the king of kings and the lord of lords he's lord of all and he's ruling forever fulfilling jeremiah thirty-three seventeen. so that is the provision of his salvation his salvation is fulfilled in jesus there's no other name uh, peter says by which we can be saved jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father through me and Paul says in Romans 10 again, faith comes by hearing, and hearing, you have to have somebody to preach it. It is the word of God, and that is the good news. And so I don't know if you're listening today, if you've ever really understood that, if you've ever really embraced that. Maybe maybe you grew up thinking that salvation was about you going to heaven. But salvation's for here and now. I mean, heaven's a byproduct. We get heaven, but Jesus is not saving you for eternity uh, for for you to think about after you die. He's saving you to be his now so that we can go gather his subjects. We can be his ambassadors. We can be his witnesses. And and he's saving you from you. He He's saying, will you trust me enough to yield your life to me? Will you trust me? That's what faith is. And um, a lot of people, unfortunately, have tried to get Jesus. They're in the boat. They've got their foot in the boat of Jesus, 
and the boat of their own leadership. (laughs) And those two boats go in a different direction. And so you can't stay in both boats. You you eventually got to put your feet in one boat or the other. You, You can try to split it. And that's what happens a lot of times when people pose. They try to walk with Jesus and walk under their own leadership, and it just doesn't work. They're miserable. They're some of the most miserable people in the world. So anyway, if you people have questions or want to talk about anything, they can call uh, during the next segment. Yeah, so stay tuned. I will give you the number to call here in just a moment once we get back from the break. Uh, before we go, we'd like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more in just a moment. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Look down from a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop That is Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 13 through 39. This week, today, we are focusing in on verses 26 through uh, 37. If you would like to join the discussion, have any questions about those verses, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, um, you know, Paul Paul just uh, gives a, he, he does a great job of taking them from Abraham to John the Baptist and then just telling them, you know, about Jesus and telling them how Jesus fulfilled. The whole thing is... Judaism is not a breakaway, or Christianity, I'm sorry, is not a breakaway from Judaism. I mean, everything he's telling them, he's going back to the Old Testament, to Psalms. Here he's, you know, he's quoting David. He's talking about David. Yesterday, we were talking about Genesis, Exodus, uh, Numbers, and Joshua, Judges, First and Second Samuel. He's just taking them through all these Old Testament passages that point to Jesus. And even today, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, the God of the Old Testament is 
for Jews and the God of the New Testament's for Christians. That's the difference. And he's the same God. Mm -hmm. It's the same message. It has always been about dependence and trusting him. It's been about needing him, being dependent upon him. And we struggle. We live in a country that teaches independence, right? I mean, think about it. And it's hard for us here to think about that because uh, even little kids early on, try to help a little kid next time. You know, if you, you have a little kid in your family or, you know, go try to help them and see how they like that. We don't like it. It's ingrained in us to want to be independent. You know, tell your, you know, little kids, they have a hard time when you tell them to do something really They'll listen to you for a little while, but then they'll hit an age and they go, no, I'm on my own now. I like being by myself. It's natural. That is the natural man. It is unnatural to want to follow somebody else, even if it's God. And uh, and the people of Israel had a hard time believing that uh, they couldn't be holy enough for God. Mm. I mean... They had a hard time believing, well, if they just had to do the sacrifices. Mm. It wasn't that they they knew they weren't perfect. I mean, everybody would know that. But they thought, this is what God prescribed. We'll do this, and he'll accept us. And they, they, they just had a hard time really seeing how God's plan was being worked out. You see, the people of Israel had been rejecting God for centuries. I mean, think about it. All Think about all the Old Testament times where he would bless them, they'd turn away, and he'd raise up somebody to bring judgment in them. And, uh, you know, this week we're going to be in the last part uh, at SWAT. So tomorrow, uh, when we, it, by the way, if you want to come to an actual SWAT Bible study, if you live in Jacksonville, you can uh, come to Woody's Barbecue in the morning at 6.30 a.m. We'll be there. Uh, doing one at the beach. Uh, we'll do one at um, over here by Phillips Highway at noon. Tomorrow's Jersey Mike Day, so if you like Jersey Mike's, we'll have those sandwiches. Then uh, Thursday morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food on San Jose. Uh, Thursday night, we'll do our Zoom, and if, if you would like to join that, just send an email to Doug at SWATradio.com, or you can go to SWATradio.com if you uh, forget the email and um, and just fill out a contact sheet. Said, "Hey, I want to. I want to be on the Zoom, and we'll send you uh, a link." And then uh, Friday morning down in St. Augustine at the Village Inn. And this week we're going to be finishing up. We're going to be looking at verses forty through fifty-two. And uh, you know what you uh, shared. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're what you shared. Actually, you know what I think, Taylor. Uh, I covered. Did you read? You read through thirty nine, didn't you? Nope, through thirty seven. Ah, man, I wanted you to read through thirty nine. Go ahead and read thirty eight and thirty nine real quick. All right. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sin is is sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Yeah, that's what we're going to look at tomorrow. We're going to look at that tomorrow. That that basically the purpose of his son is to free us from everything that the law couldn't free us from. And that's a really good news. And we're going to look at that tomorrow. And so, um, you know, the provision of God's salvation for us is, is for everyone. 
just like you read. And um, the problem is a lot of people discount it. But your discounting it doesn't mean it's not valid. Right. You know, and, and like I shared earlier, some of the most miserable people in the world are people who try to halfway buy into it, mm. but they're not fully devoted. Um, they're not, they're, they're, they're just not fully surrendered. In fact, I don't even like the word, you know, I, I remember growing up, you used to hear today, will you commit your life to Christ? I didn't even like commit <laughs> because commits about something you do, right? I like the term surrender because when you think about surrender, uh, in World War II, just to use this analogy, do you think the Japanese came to the table and said, okay, we're going to surrender, but these are our terms? Well, they tried that. Well, that didn't work out too well for them, did it? Yeah, no, because uh, we had a, a policy of un- unconditional surrender in both uh, the East, or the uh, Pacific Theater and in the West. Well, and God's position is unconditional surrender. You don't come to God with conditions. You don't come in and say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you, um, but I'm not giving you this part of my life. Uh, I mean, you come to him. And you release all of you, all that you know about your heart to him at that time. It doesn't mean that there's not things that are going to pop up that he'll surface in your closets. But at the time that you trust him, you release all that you know of all that you are. Um, and, and then the Bible says, if you do that in faith, believing in Jesus, he will come and take residence in you, and he will begin a redeeming work on your inside. He will begin a work of conforming you to the image of his son. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people want to come to Jesus on their terms. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody asks me, well, do I have to do this? You know, if, you, if you're sharing the gospel with somebody and they're asking you the question, do I have to do this? They don't understand the penalty without that, right, without the gospel. They'd under, they don't understand that they've offended a holy God. Um, and so I, I just think that, uh, you know, we preach the gospel to people and we preach the whole counsel of God. We preach the whole gospel and we don't compromise the message. I think that's one of the things that has happened over the years as we've become so pragmatic that we think if we soften the message, then we'll get more people in. Mm-hmm. And that, that leads uh, or lends itself to really a man centered mindset instead of trusting God. It's his message. It's his gospel. Yeah. It's not our gospel. Mm-hmm. It's his gospel that he gave to us about us. And remember the gospel is to deliver us from us and so it's not a popular message in our culture um the american church is not a popular message but that's what paul declared and he said in galatians if you preach any gospel other than the one i preach you know if any man does that let him be accursed yeah let him go to hell that's what he's saying yeah Uh, (laughs) i had a question as you're talking about um you know, the verse in Psalms where you are my son today, I have gotten you. And then talking about how in the East, like that was when a king stepped down and his son came up, that's what he would say. Mm-hmm. Um, do you hold, because, you know, there's this, the eternal 
internal subordination of the sun, this would seem to refute that. Are you someone who holds to that or, or not? Because this, this would seem to, you know, it, it, that to me would not connect with the eternal subordination. So, well, no, I, when I, you know, what I'm saying is that that language that was used by Paul was reflective of Psalm 2. Yeah. And when he was quoting that language in, in um, reference to the resurrection, he was saying, this is my son, you know, when, today I've begotten you. He's basically, that's the, that's when he's reigning at that moment yeah. as the second person of the Trinity. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, like he's reigning, like, you know, he, he, you know, before Jesus came, he was always around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was around, but he was establishing He's reigning at that point as king. And that's what he uses that idiom that was used a lot in the Eastern culture. Today, you are my son. Today, I've begotten you. Um, You know, he was the firstborn son. That's who usually took over for a king. Right. So uh, it's it's just like, remember when he was baptized and he said, this is my son. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's it's that same kind of thing. It's just God's stamp of approval saying after the resurrection, he didn't see decay. I raised him up to reign. And and so um, we can we can talk about this tomorrow if you want to go deeper with it. But because uh, I don't know that you're you're looking at me like I'm not really <laughs> dealing with your question. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it tomorrow. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. So stick with us. Tune in for that. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual